The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Good evening. Welcome to Everett, the amazing Everett High School. I am Amy Boyles, the principal at Everett High School. Joining me tonight are my co-MCs. Please welcome Jessica Herrera and Trey Maibo. Both are seniors here at Everett, and they're involved in student council, youth and government, and our National Honor Society. Girls, say hello. Hi. Hi, guys. I also wanted to highlight our Michigan Youth and Government Club, our students that we have here tonight helping out. YIG is a program. YIG is a program that helps students that are interested in politics and government affairs. Students who participate in YIG have gone to the Capitol, government conferences, talked to legislators, and discussed important topics to help make change for the better. It is our pleasure to welcome you all here tonight to Everett for the state of the city. We are beyond excited and honored to host this joyous event tonight. Everett is a unique and amazing school. And for example, some of the amazing things that are band, dance company, AP programs, and unified champion program, lots of athletic sports, and club opportunities. But a re big reason why is because our visual and performing arts department, which is led by amazing and dedicated teachers, Tonight, Alvapa will showcase our amazing program and finest of our students will be performing for you in a variety of performances. Um, to kick things off, I would like to welcome the Everett Jazz Band and the Everett Senior Dance Company. The Everett Jazz Assembly, under the direction of Penny Falanchuk, is made up of junior and senior musicians who love jazz music. Over the past few years, they've opened for professional musicians such as Phil Denny and an Everett, Everett alumni and Detroit R&B singer Elise King. The Everett Senior Dance Company is celebrating nearly 50 years of dance in our school. Their most recent performance was at the Little Caesars Arena opening for the Detroit Pistons. We hope that you enjoyed this work of collaboration.
Okay, next up, I would like to welcome the Viking Theater Guide. The Viking Theater Guide is proud to present two monologues from the recent award-winning production of the Spoon River Anthology directed by Courtney McCampbell. Here is Blue Arnett portraying George Gray and Ben Varnesdale portraying Whitler Jones. Oh yeah! The earth has that vibration there in your heart, and that is you. And if the people find that you can fiddle, well, fiddle you, you, you must for all your life. How could I till my 40 acres, not to speak of getting more, with a medley of horns and bassoons and piccolos, stirred in my brain by crows and robins, at the creak of a windmill, only these? And I were to never plow in my life, that someone would take me away to a dance or a picnic. I ended up with 40 acres. I ended up with a broken instrument, and a broken laugh, and a thousand memories, but not one single regret. I have studied many times the marble which was chiseled for me. A boat with a furled sail at rest in a harbor. In truth, it pictures not my destination, but my life, for love was offered me and I shrank from its disillusionment. Sorrow knocked at my door, but I was afraid. Ambition called to me, but I dreaded the chances, yet all the while I hungered for meaning in my life. And now I know that we must lift the sails and catch the winds of destiny wherever they may lead us. To put meaning in one's life may end in madness, but life without meaning is the torture of restlessness and vague desire. It is a boat longing for the sea and yet afraid. We're going to pause for just a few seconds and prepare for um, our Lansing Police Department color guard for the placing of the colors. Please rise for the placing of the colors by the Lansing Police Department Honor Guard. And joining them is the Everett High School Performing Arts Choir singing the national anthem led by the talented Michael Kinney.
colors. Oh, colors right. Art. Post colors. Preset arms. The invocation will begin tonight will be given tonight by Pastor PJ Anderson. Pastor Anderson serves as pastor at Space for Grace Without Walls United Church of Christ in Lansing and is the chaplain for the Mayor's Veterans Commission. She retri retired from the United States Navy as a lieutenant commander and is chaplain of the Mayor's Veterans Commission. Would you take the hand of the person closest to you so that we can be connected hand to hand, heart to heart, and soul to soul. Let us pray. Eternal God and faithful friend, in the name of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Rachel, Jacob and Rachel, we give you thanks for this opportunity to invite you into our midst. 
We give you thanks for the man of Galilee who is the brother of our mayor, uh, the honorable uh, mayor of this great city of Lansing. It is by your calling, it is by your order, it is by your anointing that you have put this man, this great man of, of God, in place at this time. We want to pray for his enemies. His enemies, my enemies, are your enemy. And for those who would speak a word against him, they are speaking a word against you. And for the adversaries that would seek his failure, they are asking to fail themselves. And for every man and woman, boy and girl, that have the privilege and the honor of knowing Mayor Shore, it is also recognized in the heaven of heavens that this is one of your true sons in whom you are surely well pleased. For the tasks in front of him, we ask that you would grant him grace and strength. For his accomplishments, we ask that you would reward him with your presence. And for all things that are yet to be done, his vision that we will pitch together and work with him, inviting you to work through us on his behalf even being a part of our time together this night. In the name of the man of Nazareth, even the Galilean, even the Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. My graceful transition. This time I'd like to introduce our mayor. Andy Shore serves as the 56th mayor of Lansing, Michigan. Mayor Shore believes that Lansing's time is now. He is focused on Lansing being its best self, a diverse, vibrant, and welcoming community. Lansing is seeing billions in new investments all across the city. Growth and economic development is a priority for Mayor Shore. He is focused on new housing for residents, resources for neighborhoods, as well as social services and access to recreational activities with new parks and recreational opportunities for all residents. Prior to his election as mayor five years ago, Mayor Shore served in the Michigan House of Representatives and as Ingham County Commissioner. Andy and his wife, Erin, are proud to call Lansing home. They have two children. One is a student at Lansing Community College after graduating from Everett High School. And the other is still here with us at Everett High School. Mayor Shore graduated from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, earning a Bachelor's of Arts degree in political science and history. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mayor Andy Shore. Good evening, everyone, and happy Pi Day. So for those who aren't aware, today is, is 314, which is Pi Day for all the math nerds. I heard you all laugh, including my family. So after three long years of being away, we finally have a full state of the city all together. And I get to show off Lansing's Everett High School while talking about all the great things going on in our city. We, the residents of Lansing, agreed to put our hard-earned dollars into improving schools for our students when we passed the school's bond. We ensured that we have the facilities to provide a great learning environment for our students. So take a look around, see the incredible improvements. Uh, thanks to Superintendent Ben Scholdener, our entire school board, and the teachers, faculty, and parents for making this a reality. And I have to give special thanks to Principal Boyles, all of the incredible students who you saw here perform, and everyone at El Everett that welcomed us here tonight. As mayor and as a Lansing Everett dad for another year, I say, go Vikings. <laughs> Before we start, we need to recognize the, the awful shooting at Michigan State University just weeks ago. I want to commend MSU for the incredible and transparent work that they did to navigate a terrible situation. I'm also incredibly proud of the fast response of MSU, Lansing, and East Lansing police and EMS, along with first responders from departments all around the region and the state. And I want to thank President Teresa Woodruff, who led with conviction and was the epicenter, was the epitome of a strong leader. We all stand with MSU, and we're all Spartan strong. So please join me in a moment of silence for those who lost their lives that night, those who were injured, and all those who have suffered from this, who suffered trauma from this shooting. Thank you. And go green. There it is. There it is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> One thing I've learned. I also want to recognize those that we've lost in the last year. We had so many wonderful Lansing residents and supporters that forged the path for us who were called to heaven. So tonight, I want to remember three of these wonderful people, Robin Lewis, Michael McFadden, and Bishop David Maxwell. All three served this city, Robin on the school board, Michael as the voice of Lansing, and Bishop in city government in addition to his work as a leader in the faith community. These three Lansing heroes are gone, but they're not forgotten. We thank them for all that they've done for us. They live lives of purpose, and we all benefit from it. So can we please have a moment of silence for them and for all those who have passed in the last year? Thank you again. So I am proud to report that the state of our city is great. While we still navigate challenges and issues that all communities face, We've been able to accomplish a lot over the last year after having to change our lives due to the pandemic. Now, in my sixth year as mayor, I still believe Lansing's time is now. Before I get into all the things we've done uh, and all the things that are gonna be done, I wanna thank my team. 
Lansing has an incredible cabinet of department directors leading about 900 employees in our city that do everything from economic development to picking up the trash to responding to emergencies and keeping us safe. And I have an incredible personal staff that navigates so many things that I have to be on top of every day. So can our department directors and my staff please stand up and be recognized? I also want to recognize our Lansing City Council. They each have a special passion for the city, and they give their time and effort to make sure their wards and the entire city are well represented. I don't think any of them were able to join us, but I do want to recognize their support for our city. So thank you to our Lansing City Council. Uh, and finally, I can't do any of this without my family. This is an incredible job, but it's also a 24-7 job. I have the best spouse and partner in life. My wife, Erin, understands when I have to be at a ribbon cutting on a Saturday morning or a council meeting on our anniversary or the many other events that I need to attend. She's always there for me, and we make quite a team. And we have two wonderful children. My daughter, Hannah, is a student here at Everett. She loves all of her teachers, especially Mr. Billings in government. But she doesn't want to be mayor, so no worries. Um, and then my son, Ryan, who graduated from Everett, and we are so proud that he is now studying at Lansing Community College. Will Aaron, Ryan, and Hannah please stand up and be recognized? <laughs> so it's important to note that Ryan is attending LCC using our Lansing Promise. That's right. I, I knew it. I know right where that's coming from. So he'll get an incredible, an incredible higher education thanks to Dr. Steve Robinson and our Lansing Community College trustees. And it will be free during the, during the work of Justin Sheehan and his staff, as well as Kelly Dean and the Lansing Promise Board. And I know right where Justin Sheehan is sitting. <laughs> our Lansing Promise can be used at LCC as well as at Michigan State University, Davenport University, and Olivet College. What an incredible benefit for all our Lansing students. So this year has been incredibly busy in the city, but that's a good thing. Let me start with one of our newest initiatives that's really taking off. Previously, I announced a new program that would make Lansing more customer friendly and responsive to our residents. One call to City Hall, our 311 telephone service, has been a tremendous success. But don't just take it from me. Let's hear more from them. I'm Delisa Fontaine. I am the director for the Department of Neighborhoods, Arts and Citizen Engagement, which also houses our 311 call center. 311 is a service anywhere in the city limits. Someone can call, uh, pick up any phone, dial 311, you'll get an agent. We have six agents working for us. Whether it's you know trying to get a building inspected, trash pickup, potholes filled, anything like that. Uh, just the run-of-the-mill things that go on within the city that you may need help with. Uh, we're there uh, to help usher in a new era of city government and help the residents be in better contact with the city government. Hola, residentes de la ciudad de Lansing. Me llamo Benny Esquivel y trabajo por la oficina de 311. Recuerden los que hablan español que cuando llamen presiona el número 2, un agente será listo para responder preguntas sobre la ciudad y las operaciones. O si no, 
llevarlos a las personas o los departamentos correctos. Es un placer trabajar por ustedes. Ten, que tengan un buen día. Manténganse en seguros y hablamos pronto. 311 is our one call to City Hall. You can dial 311 from any phone line within the City of Lansing, reach one of our six call center agents, and they will be able to answer any question you may have. Thank you to Delisa, Augie, and the 311 staff for providing great customer service to our residents. In less than a year, they've answered over 25,000 calls. So would the 311 staff please stand and be recognized. A strong city needs housing for all people. We need affordable housing with supportive services for those in need, workforce housing to attract and retain the workers of today and the future, and market rate housing in areas with amenities and business district access. We also need housing from small to large in our neighborhoods where people can raise families. We want those just out of college, families with young children, working professionals, empty nesters and seniors all to live here. One great example of our housing work is the old Walter French building in South Lansing. This project is combining city resources with state and federal funds to create a place for both affordable and workforce housing, which also includes necessary supportive services. Thanks to the Capital Area Housing Partnership, who's been working to accomplish this with that long vacant building, turning this property into a success. And nearby, in the Potter Walsh neighborhood in South Lansing, I'm excited to see that we're finally activating the historic Home Street School, opening in phases soon with 47 new apartments providing workforce housing to residents. Thanks to Jeff Dehan for making this project a success. Housing can also be the answer to some of our downtown challenges. For years, we've tried to get people to our downtown on nights and weekends, tried to get state employees to stay later, and tried to get students here from MSU. Now though, we face a new problem. With state employees and many employers work with remote work schedules, we're seeing less people during the day as well. The solution for that is housing in our downtown. This issue isn't new to me and was a focus even before the pandemic. We've added hundreds of new units to downtown Lansing. The old Oliver Tower is now Capitol View. The old YMCA site is now Metro Place. The old Lake Trust building recently opened as City View Apartments and will be expanding along Capitol Avenue in a few months. We also have new affordable units at Capitol Park on Ottawa Street, and very soon we'll also see new apartments at the Rio Town Gateway on Washington and Malcolm X. Housing downtown is needed and necessary as we look to the future. But housing needs are not just downtown. I recently ran into a young woman who lives in the new Temple Loft, uh, Temple Loft in Old Town, and she loves it. But more importantly, I saw her as she was walking around Old Town and shopping. Creating walkability leads to vibrancy in an area, especially outside of normal work hours. Thank you to Eric Hanna and Michigan Community Capital for rehabbing the old temple building into these great new apartments. While we've done significant work creating new affordable and workforce housing, we also need to help our older rental housing stock. New state laws allow communities to use incentives to update existing rental housing. I'm proud to announce today that we're putting the final touches on a new Lansing Rental Housing Rehabilitation Program, which will help to rehab affordable rental housing. We'll be creating requirements and guideposts for this program to ensure that it's appropriately used, and rental properties will be improved throughout the city. 
This program, along with other initiatives, will ensure that we can have better rental housing stock for our residents. While we love these apartment options, we can't forget about the single family homes in our neighborhoods. We're doing a lot of work in this space thanks to our Department of Neighborhoods, Arts, and Citizen Engagement. One of our most important programs in this department is our Neighborhood Grants Program, which funds many projects throughout our community. Whether a newsletter, sign toppers on street signs, bike racks, cleanups, plantings, other beautification, these grants have made a real difference in the look and feel of neighborhoods throughout our city. Thanks to our Neighborhood Advisory Board for their hard work evaluating the hundreds of funding requests that we get. And due to the American Rescue Plan Act, this year we have over three times the amount of funding through our Neighborhoods Grant Program for our community. Our Neighborhoods Department also shows off the incredible work of our residents and volunteers by organizing our Love Lansing Celebration. This is an annual event to show the great work done by residents, leaders, and organizations in our neighborhoods. The event will be held this year on May 17th, which if you're paying attention is 517 Day, and we invite the entire community to attend. Check out the website to learn more, nominate someone for recognition, and find out how to participate. And there it is. Uh, another new program that I'm excited to talk about is Grow Lansing. Last year, we applied for a grant through the US Conference of Mayors that would help us revitalize community gardens and grow healthy food with our students. We won a first place award of $175,000, beating out communities across America. Lansing's a wonderful city. We are the capital city of the state of Michigan, about 115,000 people here in our city. When you're in an urban community, when you're in a city, all too often you don't know where the food comes from, you just go to the local grocery store and there it is. You all have seeds in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, you're all checking them out? What do you guys have here? I got uh, onions. Do you like onions? Yeah. Yeah. The Grow Lansing Mini Grant Program is a true partnership between the city of Lansing and the Garden Project. The goal is to really um, teach students and teach families in the city to grow their own local healthy food in a sustainable way. I'll eat all of it. I'll eat the squash, I'll eat the, the broccoli, I'll eat the... When people talk about sustainability, they want to be able to have the option to, to grow their own food. We are the kind of the urban hub for the region, but still having an urban agriculture uh, and a community garden where you can grow your own food, you can eat it, you can share it, you can um, sell it. It's, it's a really important piece of, of uh, what the communities are now. It's fascinating how many gardens we have. We, we don't think that we have them, and then we turn a corner and we see them. We'll be working with residents. The city puts a high value on neighborhood engagement. Really working with them to make sure that neighborhoods are directing this process and deeply involved. If it is the neighborhood's idea, if it's the community's idea, then, it, then they definitely have the neighborhood and community buy-in. And at some point, you won't need the government's assistance in it because you've got all hands on deck for it. We could do so much with these funds, make those gardens more productive and create new gardens where there's a need. We tremendously appreciate the grant from the American Beverage Foundation for Healthy America. Uh, we appreciate the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Uh, when they offer these grants, it's an avenue for us as cities to go in and grab some dollars to utilize for really good things for our community, to help out our kids. Uh, it is tremendously appreciated. I'll eat some more squash.
I definitely want to acknowledge the Greater Lansing Food Bank. They, uh, they played an important role in that along with, with our staff uh, and the schools. Uh, thank you to the school district. Uh, what a great program. We're really excited to, to do this, be part of this, and to get funding for this from uh, the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Uh, while talking about the future of our city, uh, we do have to acknowledge some challenges. Uh, throughout the pandemic, we and cities across the country saw an unprecedented, unprecedented rise in violent crimes and homicides. Uh, here in Lansing, we began to look for answers and for solutions that would work. That's when I met a gentleman named Devon Bogan, who started a program called Advance Peace. This program uses peers to curb and prevent violence. While this program is still in its early stages, we're seeing results already. In late 2022 and early 2023, we had three continuous months with no fatal shootings in the city of Lansing. And when we broke that streak, the Advanced Peace team jumped into action. They immediately got to the parties involved, de-escalated the situation, and prevented retaliation to end the cycle of violence. I want to thank MPHI, the Michigan Public Health Institute, Terrence Cooper, the Neighborhood Change Agents, and the team at People Ready Activating Youth, or PREY, for helping to significantly reduce the tide of violence and retaliations. And I want to thank our Ingham County Health Department, our county commissioners, the State of Michigan, and the Lansing Housing Commission for joining us to fund this incredible program. This is truly making a difference and saving lives. We've also taken on a, a very challenging effort of trying to slow people down on our streets. We've all seen people drive what feels like 100 miles an hour on many of our major roads and even some of our neighborhood streets. This is a safety concern for our residents and neighborhoods. We can't put a police officer on every street corner to, put, to pull people over for speeding, but we did launch Operation Slowdown, where our police department aggressively reviewed and ticketed people at busy and dangerous intersections. We also purchased smart speed trailers that can now track the number of vehicles and their speeds. This is a great new tool to assess the actual speed of drivers on our roads. And now we're gonna implement another new tool. We've ordered and will deploy shortly speed signs with radar capacity. These signs will warn drivers of their speed and that they're going over the speed limit. The signs matched with officers, with officers in some cases will result in slower speeds. We need to slow traffic down in our city and in our neighborhoods. Last year, we had a great conversation with the people of Lansing about the importance of effective facilities for our safe public safety departments. Lansing residents affirmed their support by passing a $175 million bond, which will create a new and modern public safety campus that can house our entire police force and will help us to recruit and retain first responders. It'll also allow us to address the needs of several of our aging fire stations, training facilities, and create a safe and modern lockup. And our district court judges will have safe and appropriate workspaces to ensure all justice is dispensed. All of this will be centralized on South Washington Avenue on the south side of the city. The planning, design, and programming of this facility is underway, and I appreciate the hard work of our staff, along with River Caddis Development, as we make this dream a reality. And more importantly, thank you to the citizens of Lansing for passing this important proposal. So speaking of the police department, we've had some pretty good successes over the last year. Violent crime has decreased and transparency has increased. Add this to our community policing officers and community services unit, and we return at LPD to being a much more forward-facing department that interacts with our residents as well as focusing on crime prevention. But 
As we all know by now, law enforcement is often called on to address issues like mental illness and addiction. Lansing knows that these situations need services, not incarceration. Our social worker program, the first in the state, has grown. We've since augmented these efforts by creating a crisis assessment team which pairs a social worker with a police officer and an EMT to best address each situation that comes before them. Lansing will continue to be innovative with these needed solutions. And not to be outmatched, our Lansing Fire Department is also being upgraded. They're not only getting updated fire stations, as you've already heard, they're also getting new and better equipment. This includes replacing older vehicles with a new ladder truck, two new fire engines, and two new ambulances. Thanks to Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, Senators Debbie Stabenow and Gary Peters, we also received a million dollars in federal funding, which we'll use towards a program called ALS 360. This will replace outdated life-saving gear in favor of new equipment that will allow our EMTs and paramedics to better serve the community. New AEDs, cardiac monitors, and CPR machines will provide best-in-class patient care, and our ambulances will be equipped and powered with powered stretchers and other high-technology devices. And these will be updated regularly for the next 10 years. So we won't just get updated fire stations and vehicles. Our residents will also get the updated and industry-expected tools for our firefighters, EMTs, and paramedics to save lives. We deserve it. A few years ago, we saw the Lansing City Market in the Stadium District close. We got together with the public and heard so many ideas. We knew that there needed to be vibrancy there, especially on the riverfront. So we searched and searched and we searched until we finally found a great partner in Detroit Rising who proposed a new food and social club in this space. And now, after pouring our blood, sweat, and tears into this, we have the awesome new Lansing Shuffle. If you haven't been there yet, you are missing a jewel in Lansing. Right, next, right, right on the riverfront, next to Rotary Park, the Lansing Shuffle has an incredible variety of foods and a great bar area, and shuffleboard courts will be coming this summer. I love that this has been packed with people coming back time and again to try the many different food options. And there is a strange painting on the wall of three people with a Vespa. You can just ignore that when you go. We can't talk about the progress we've made in our business districts without talking about our future as a concert destination. Lansing has, a, has, Lansing has culture, and we have a lot of people eager for live music, comedy, and performances without having to go to Detroit or Grand Rapids or anywhere else. Very soon, we'll see a brand new concert venue downtown with the redevelopment of the old blighted hookah lounge on Washington into Hall 224. This new live music venue will be able to hold up to 900 patrons and will be a destination for bringing in incredible talent and creating excitement in the heart of downtown. And in just under two years, we will have the brand new Lansing Ovation. This new venue will bring in national talent and concerts and have people coming to Lansing to see shows. With 1,500 to 2,000 people downtown, 250 nights a year in addition to Hall 224, this facility will attract restaurants and other fun things to do in our downtown on nights and weekends. It'll even have its own rooftop bar that I know will bring lots of folks into our downtown whether there's a concert going on or not. The ovation will be fun and will be a transformational economic driver for our city and region. And because of the excitement surrounding the ovation, we've also seen so much interest 
in sponsoring and supporting the facility through fundraising and naming rights. The initial major donors have been set, so I want to thank Chris and Louise Holman, who will be naming the lobby, the Lansing Board of Water and Light for sponsoring reusable water bottle stations, which makes sense, Fishbeck, who will be naming one of the bars, the Davis family, who will be a highlighted sponsor, the Kelly and Marilyn Dean family for sponsoring the, one of the classroom spaces for our students. But don't worry, there are plenty of sponsorships uh, available, and if anybody wants to sponsor or name some part of this facility, we're ready to have your investment. Just go to theovationlansing.com to contribute or inquire about naming rights. I'd also be remiss if I didn't thank several state officials for all of their help with this project. Thank you to Governor Gretchen Whitmer and MEDC Director Quentin Messer. Thank you to former Senator Curtis Hertel Jr. And thank you to then Representative and now Senator Sarah Anthony, who may be here, but I can't see because it's too dark. But thank you, Senator Anthony. Thank you to Representative Kara Hope and Representative Angela Whitmer. Without these Lansing advocates of the Capitol, we wouldn't have the money that we need to finally make the ovation a reality. They all have tickets for the first show at the ovation when it opens. <laughs> Hall 224 and the ovation are only part of the story going on downtown. Our partners at Downtown Lansing Incorporated have been working to revitalize downtown by supporting small businesses. The Middle Village Market is a fantastic retail incubator where participants can open a retail storefront at below market rate, participate in a small business support educational series, participate in a small business support educational series, and build their brand and customer, customer base. I'm proud to report that Middle Village's first cohort had 100% of businesses still in business, 100% identify as women or BIPOC-owned businesses, 80% have or will open storefronts in the greater Lansing region, and one graduate even bought the building that her business is located in now. In addition, DLI has awarded $700,000 in small business support grants to downtown businesses. Thank you to Kathleen Edgerly and her team at DLI for all their hard work. <laughs> and it's not just downtown that's seeing great economic activity. Let's talk about the west side along Saginaw, where we've been working to improve that corridor. Our Parks and Recreation Department provided the cool Lansing logo and art on the outside of the softball stadium at Wilson Park. The new facade on the Big B also looks great thanks in part to our Lansing Facade Improvement Program. And several businesses are redeveloping old blighted properties to improve the look of this corridor entry to our city. And now there are some exciting new plans for the section of Saginaw just east of MLK. The biggest eyesore on the block, the Parks Furniture Building, has been purchased and will be rehabilitated into office, commercial, and residential space. Across the street, our friends at Strange Matter have a building that they've rehabbed, and the incredible Moneyball Sportswear will move its headquarters here with a new retail store that's currently under construction. Next to Moneyball, DRM International Learning Center, a workforce development company in the healthcare industry, has plans to make this their home. So thank you to Desmond Ferguson of Moneyball, Karen Nader and Elaine Barr of Strange Matter, and Reese Shane and Steve Lonzo of DRM International Learning Center for their belief in Lansing and for taking on improvements on the Saginaw Corridor. <laughs> and not to be outdone, the east side also has quite a bit coming. Michigan Avenue is an important corridor that connects the Capitol to campus and is in the need of uh, some love. 
Our public service department is collaborating with other local agencies to redesign and rebuild the avenue starting this spring. In addition, the look of the 2000 block on Michigan Avenue will greatly change. This is already a very active area with the green door and the avenue and everybody reads and more businesses generating great activity. We're going to add to this by providing $300,000 in facade upgrades. Thanks to pooled dollars from the American Rescue Plan Act, the Michigan, uh, the Michigan Avenue Corridor Improvement Authority, and funds donated from the Capital Area Community Foundation. We're also going to see more buildings get a major rehab on the avenue. Michigan Certified Development Corporation has plans to move their operations to the corner of Michigan and Marshall. So we're going to see some new construction activity there very soon. And we can't forget on the east side into the stadium district the healthcare anchor on Michigan Avenue, which is Sparrow Hospital. I'm really excited for their growth as they take on a new partnership and new investments with my alma mater, the University of Michigan through Michigan Medical, through Michigan Medicine. Thank you to Michigan Medicine for the investment in Lansing. So for the first time, I actually get to say in this speech, go blue. Brett, did you say it? Yeah, that's all right. I have an Ohio State person on my staff. It happens. We're, nobody's perfect. As you drive from MSU to downtown, you'll see a project many years in the making. When I first became mayor, we announced that we finalized the Red Cedar Development Project. This many-year labor of love is now a reality. We have new apartments for MSU students, housing for seniors in the gorgeous Red Cedar Lodge, a great wine bar and bookstore in Hooked, and a new restaurant and pub in Old Bag of Nails. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out. This summer, Red Cedar will add a new pavilion for music, appropriately named after Lansing legends Jack and Sue Davis. And later this year, we'll have the two newest hotels in the area to finalize this incredible development on the border of Lansing and East Lansing. So thank you to Joel Ferguson, Christopher Strakowski, and Frank Cast for their vision and drive to make all this happen. They never give up and worked with me to get this done. But this isn't the only legacy for Joel Ferguson. He never stops dreaming. So stay tuned for more on his project at the old Pleasant Grove School, which Malcolm X actually attended. Joel has grand plans for that site with commercial and office space, as well as workforce and veteran housing. This project will accomplish our goal to replace a blighted building on our southwest side of town with vibrancy and excitement. <laughs> Additionally, the South MLK Corridor Improvement Authority has finalized a plan to examine the best ways to improve that corridor. Through this group, we are doing an extensive study of Logan Square to see how we can restructure and improve that old strip mall area. The process is underway and a plan is being developed by experts along with public participation and we had several hundred people there for the first public meeting. So I'm excited to see that develop and what comes of that in the future. And a little further north on the south side, I'm also excited to see Rio Town growing with the addition of Ellison Brewery in the last Diamond Rio building. So make sure to check that out. But going back to the area by Red Cedar, we're also going to add more there when the Sears building across Michigan Avenue is rehabbed and transformed. Stay tuned for details on that as well, as Pat Gillespie and many partners will bring more activity to the Michigan Avenue and to the Red Cedar Corridor. 
I'm also happy to report that the new Ultium battery plant construction just marked the placement of the final steel beam. This 2.8 million square foot facility represents a $2.7 billion investment in our community that will employ 1,700 people. And this battery plant is still on track to open in 2024. Thank you to our friends at GM and LG for this massive investment and our incredibly talented UAW workforce for making this a reality. <laughs> Guiding nearly all of this development from my administration is the Lansing Economic Development Corporation. Last year, we brought this agency back under the fold of city government, and the dedicated team at LEDC has been a major part of nearly everything happening in Lansing. They are hyper-focused on delivering results and driving development, investment, and job creation here. We have so much more planned for the Lansing EDC going forward. But I want to thank Carl Dorschmer, Chris Klein, Aurelius Christian, Simon Verghese, and Brandy Standler for all your work. Please stand and be recognized. <laughs> As mayor, I'm also incredibly proud that we have a city department meant to serve people in our community who need help the most. Our Human Relations and Community Services, or HRCS department, led by Kimberly Coleman, do some of the hardest, most impactful work in Lansing. We put millions in tax dollars into grant funding through HRCS with guidance from the HRCS Advisory Board made up of Lansing residents. These dollars go to organizations and agencies who are working directly with residents most in need. In addition, it's the hardworking HRCS staff who help coordinate and respond to our homeless population or those facing housing insecurity. The City of Lansing spends significant dollars on sheltering day and night for those who need it. This year, the city is expected to spend more than $600,000 on direct services to the region's homeless population. This money is provided to agencies who have the trained staff and resources. I'm proud to put these funds into helping those who are homeless to have shelter and eventually find housing. This isn't the only focus for HRCS. Uh, I continue to believe that growth must be for all, and we need to do it through an equity lens. I'm proud to report that the city's been making great progress on the diversity, equity, and inclusion front. Here are some comments from our equity leadership team. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is important to the city of Lansing because it drives community impact. It drives organizational impact. As a DEI officer, I help in the implementation of our racial equity and justice report uh, that was launched by the Mayor's Racial Justice and Equity Alliance. So I do a lot of the initiatives for the city around DEI that will help and foster a more inclusive and equitable community for our residents and for our employees. In 2020, I was hired by Mayor Shore and his team to assist in the development of a racial justice and equity plan. The work of the MRJEA, Mayor's Racial Justice and Equity Alliance, has been very invigorating. This work commenced shortly after the death of George Floyd. There was an urgent call throughout our nation for something to be done to address racial injustice in our cities, in our states, in our nation. Mayor Shore took the bold action of commencing a plan right away. Historically, this has not happened. As you can see, I've got gray hair, so I've been doing this work for quite a while, most of my adult life, as a matter of fact. 
In the beginning, we had nothing like this kind of structure to work through. Uh, it was much, much more confrontational. Now it's more about understanding who you are as a person and how you as an individual can help the process. If you believe in equity, if you believe in diversity, uh, then this is how you can be helpful. We're excited to undergo our policy review through an equity lens. HR is in the process of rolling out several onboarding videos and follow-up modules regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is inclusive of a video that new hires will review before they start the City of Lansing to set the tone and let them know the progress that we've made and where we're going in the future. The MRJEA plan is a community-driven plan that was developed by individuals from the Lansing area, and the plan impacts all levels of policy throughout city government. It is a journey, it's not a destination. This work can't be done just by the equity team, but that we need everybody's support and involvement, the public, the employees, our leadership. It can't be done without them. It can't be done without you. Thank you to all those incredible leaders. They are doing wonderful work for our city, both in the government and throughout the city. Um, as I mentioned, we need to do this, all this work through an equity lens. So one important area that came up in the MRJEA report and that we wanted to focus on is economic development. We need to provide our BIPOC community the tools, opportunities, and access to expertise, resources, and training to start and sustain successful businesses. We're not just talking about this, we're putting our dollars and resources into making it happen. The Lansing EDC is using $2 million in federal ARPA funds to launch a two-year Lansing Equitable Economic Development Program. This will provide technical assistance for BIPOC-owned small businesses, implement a small business grant program, and help developers participate in, e in development opportunities. I'm excited to expand the universe of those doing economic development in our city, especially for those who haven't had the opportunities to contribute to this growth in the past. As, <laughs> as we talk about the great work that's being done in this city, we can't forget our 54A district court. I don't talk about them enough. Chief Judge Stacey Buchanan, along with Judges Cynthia Ward, Kristen Simmons, and Tony Flores, are responsible for dispensing justice on behalf of our city, but they do so much more to help people reform and not just be penalized. One great example is their work to keep people in their homes. Lansing's district court received a grant from the National Center for State Courts to launch an eviction diversion program. This strengthens, strengthens eviction diversion efforts and improves housing stability. The court has hired a full-time eviction diversion facilitator to spearhead these efforts and this will greatly complement the work being done on homeless prevention through HRCS as well as our development office. Together, the court and these departments will help keep people in their homes. And another new program that the courts are doing is a community court effort being championed and led by Judge Kristen Simmons. The goal of this specialty court is to engage residents in addressing the underlying conditions that fuel crime. She'll test new approaches to cases where social, human, and legal areas intersect and offer community, offer services and community-based alternatives to jail and fines. This program, combined with our fines and fees evaluation, 
and the work that we're doing through Advanced Peace to Reduce Gun Violence shows coordination at the city to attack the issues that lead to crime. Will our judges and their staff please stand and be recognized? Lansing's been on the cutting edge in helping our residents with financial empowerment. We were one of the first cities in the nation to invest in the financial well-being of our residents by launching the Financial Empowerment Center, which is a no-cost, one-on-one financial counseling program. As we celebrate the 10-year anniversary of this program, we are so proud of the impact that it's had on Lansing. Let's hear from our Office of Financial Empowerment on these great programs. My name is Delisa Fontaine and I'm the Director for the Department of Neighborhoods, Arts and Citizen Engagement and we house the Office of Financial Empowerment for the City of Lansing. The Office of Financial Empowerment is an office within city government that partners with other city departments as well as external agencies out in the community to help people to become financially stable, build economic mobility and wealth over time, look at things like their budget, their credit score, their debt load and student loans and other things of that nature. We have four basic programs that we run as well as a number of grant funded initiatives. The four basic programs are the Financial Empowerment Center, which is a uh, free financial counseling organization that is run out of Crystal Ray Community Center by their, by their center. Um, our second one is the Lansing Save Program, which is a savings account for post-secondary education that we open for every kindergartner in the school district. The third one is a wraparound services program for returning citizens that are high to moderate risk in the community, and that program is funded by the state of Michigan. And then the final one is called Bank on Lansing, in which we help people who are un- or underbanked to get into safe, affordable bank products and services. Coming up this year in the Office of Financial Empowerment, we've got some really exciting things happening. One is that for the Lansing Save program, we received a grant from CEDAM. Those dollars are going to be used to launch the first ever major gifts campaign for Lansing Save. Now, the first dollar is what matters. We get that first dollar in there and that makes them three times more likely to go to post-secondary because it makes them start thinking of themselves as college bound. But now what we want to do is pair hope with means. And so we want to raise the account balances in those accounts is that by the end of the school year, every eighth grader will have $100 in their Lansing Save account. Another way that the Office of Financial Empowerment will be helping the community this year is because of the ARPA dollars we received from the federal government due to COVID. And we're going to use those dollars to serve Lansing residents whose licenses have been suspended, not for reckless driving offenses, but for owing a debt to either the court or the state that they can't afford to pay. If people qualify for that program, we will be sending you a letter in the mail, so don't throw away any mail from the city in the next few months, please. Our Financial Empowerment Center celebrated its 10-year anniversary on March 13th. Within that 10 years, our residents in the city of Lansing have reduced their debt by close to $14 million and have increased their savings by close to $1.2 million. And we are looking forward to doing so much more over the next 10 years. I just realized Delisa's in three of the videos, so Delisa, you win, you win the award. As Amber mentioned, the Lansing Save program helps students. Uh, this year, we're launching a campaign through the United Way called Eighth Grade Rise. The goal is to get every eighth grader in the district to a balance of $100 by the end of the school year. Using a QR code, donors can make a contribution and can specify a school, neighborhood, or even specific student you want your dollars to go to. 
100% of donated dollars will be deposited into the student's account. So grab a flyer or scan a QR code on your way out and make a donation to the 8th grade RISE Fund. So while we have all this going on, we also have to keep our eye on the long-term financial health of the city. I'm pleased to report that the changes my administration made over the past five years are paying off. Lansing is now realizing significant savings to unfunded long-term legacy costs and has reduced our expected liability by nearly $400 million. The city's first chief strategy officer, current Deputy Mayor Shelby Freyer, helped me and our city to implement reforms. By working together and making some smart, responsible changes in a spirit of collaboration between my administration, city council, our incredible workers and retirees through our labor unions, we've brought this unfunded liability down significantly. And Ben Bakken, that one's for you. I see you sitting in the audience. <laughs> Thank you for all your help. Another true bright spot in our city is the Lansing Board of Water and Light. They're one of the best, if not the best, municipally owned utilities in the country. This past year was transformational. The retirement of the Erickson plant, their last coal-fired power plant, made BWL the largest utility in Michigan to generate coal-free power by 2022. Ten years ago, the BWL burned 1.2 million tons of coal per year. Today, that consumption is zero. That's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> On the customer service side, they launched payment kiosks in six quality dairy stores across the city. These kiosks are a convenient, accessible, and free option for customers to pay their BWL bills. And in the recent ice storm, while communities across Michigan experienced hundreds of thousands of power outages lasting for several days, we only had a handful of outages that lasted a couple of hours. <laughs> thank you to the BWL for their foresight and their planning. And thank you to General Manager Dick Peffley and your awesome team of professionals. And thanks to our Lansing residents who serve on the BWL Board of Commissioners. Why don't you all stand and be recognized? The, the board and the, the staff and the commissioners. There you go. Lansing's also continuing to work on our own sustainability. Last year, our sustainability manager produced a plan to reduce the city's impact on our planet. This is the result, this is, sorry, this is the result of over a year's worth of work between staff, my sustainability commission, and community stakeholders with goals that include things like climate action, energy efficiency, protection and conservation of water resources and land use. Lansing has a goal to be carbon neutral by 2050, and this will help guide us in the fight against climate change. And I just realized why you're all were laughing. They had the pick. <laughs> I just remembered that. So, but thank you to all of our sustainability workers. You already saw Lori Welch on the, on the picture up there. And in case anybody's wondering, that's Brett Kaczynski in the outfit. Sorry, I'm, I'm outing you, Brett. He's been called the pickle. He's been called, it's Swish the Fish, but they call him a pickle. They call him, uh, if you watch Veggie Tales, they call him all kinds of things. It's, someday, come with us on Thanksgiving to Francis Park and watch, watch the action for Halloween. It is a sight to see. Um, so just weeks ago, we found out that one of our living legends was retiring from public service at the end of her term. United States Senator Debbie Stabenow built her career in public service here in Lansing. She has too many accomplishments to list, but the work that she's done for our city, our state, and our nation can't be understated. 
Recently, I was in another city, and there was a park named after a former U.S. senator, and it got me thinking, why isn't there something here named after Michigan's first female senator? So today, I'm proud to announce it's my intention to rename Washington Park after U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. And we aren't just renaming the park. We're going to boost it with an awesome new play structure and future plans for the pavilion and other park improvements. Across the street, we expect, we expect some exciting things to come at the old McLaren Hospital Complex on Greenlawn regarding behavioral health needs and other needs for our community. We have to give more thanks to Senator Stabenow as she helps secure funding for the Community Mental Health Crisis Stabilization Unit that will be housed there. And the Child and Family Charities is also repurposing the former McCree House into Jackson House to serve youth in the area. And don't forget the already mentioned new public safety complex, which will house our police and fire headquarters, a new fire station, and the district court. The South Washington area, or the Stabenow Park area, will see a whole revitalization that'll be great for the South Side and the entire city. And now let's hear from our friend, Senator Debbie Stabenow. Good evening. And thanks, Mayor Shore, for your leadership and for everything you and the council do to make Lansing a great place to live. And thanks also for inviting me to share a few words during your State of the City address. First, I want to remember those we lost in the MSU shooting, those who are still recovering, and everyone who is still living with the effects. We are all Spartan Strong. It's truly been the honor of my lifetime to represent Lansing during my years of public service, first in county government, state government, then in the U.S. House, and now in the United States Senate. Of course, I actually started when I was five years old. I can't tell you how much it means to me to have a public park in this community that I love named in my honor. I have so many great memories of spending time in our parks with my children and now my grandchildren, including ice skating at Washington Park. Just as exciting to me are plans for the new public safety complex nearby, as well as the social services campus at the site of the old McLaren Hospital. Having easy access to a new playground and other outdoor spaces will be great for the families who are using these services. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for this incredible honor, Mayor Shore. And I'm looking forward to continuing our partnership and living in Lansing for many years to come. Thank you, Senator, for all you've done for Lansing and the entire state of Michigan. The city of Lansing has a, a rich history. Founded in 1859 to be Michigan's capital city, we can talk for hours about the things that have happened here. I love hearing all of the stories from Bill Castanier from the Historical Society. 
I'm privileged to be the 52nd mayor of this great city. As mayor, I try to take time when I can to remember those that came before me. I meet regularly with former Mayor Dave Hollister, and recently I met with a resident, Jim Perkins, who collects memorabilia from Lansing and other areas. And he's here, I see him. It's truly impressive, all the cool things that he has from Lansing. But I was struck by one object that he showed me from years ago. Small keys that two different mayors gave out during their tenures. Mayor Max Murningham, who served from 1965 to 1969, and Mayor Gerald Graves, who served from 1969 to 1981. They handed out basically the same key. I thought it was awesome, and I decided to bring back this tradition today. So I had keys made up that look similar, but reflect 2023, and I wanted you to have one. I hope you hold on to this key as a remembrance of all that we're doing now and what was done in the past for us. We stand on the shoulders of others, and we need to celebrate them as we celebrate our accomplishments now. It's an honor to be mayor of this great city. I will always be optimistic about our future and what we can do by working together. We have so much going on in every corner of Lansing. New and rehabbed housing, economic development, public safety investments, business growth, support for social services, park improvements, and ensuring residents get what they want and need from city government. I'm proud of all of our work. Remember, Lansing's time is now. That's as true today as it was when I first said it five years ago. Thank you all for being here tonight, for watching on TV, and thank you for all that you do for Lansing. will be offered by Rabbi Dr. Matthew Kaufman of Kaliyah Israel Synagogue in Lansing. Welcome. If you would please rise. It's my privilege to offer the closing benediction, Mayor Shore. It's a privilege to be here this evening. And as I raise my voice in prayer, I do so mindful that we are here because we believe in bettering our future, because we have faith that we can meet the challenges that lie ahead, and because we know that we have a sacred duty to cooperate and collaborate for the common good. I'd like to share a prayerful poem by Rabbi Rami Shapiro. It is up to us to hallow creation, to respond to life with the fullness of our lives. It is up to us to meet the world, to embrace the whole even as we wrestle with its parts. It is up to us to repair the world and to bind ourselves and our lives to truth. With reverence and thanksgiving, we accept our destiny and set for ourselves the task of redemption. And so I pray. May the one who blessed our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, 
bless the mayor, the city council, the department directors and staff, and all those entrusted with the health, peace, and prosperity of this great city. May, they, may, may their hearts and minds be filled with the spirit of wisdom. May their judgments be right, their consciences glow with goodness, and their dedication to justice and mercy be clear. Strengthen them when they feel weak. Enlighten them when they feel confused. Protect them when they are unjustly opposed. And above all, awaken within them love for the people whom they serve. May the source of life and love inspire the citizens of this great city to work in harmony with the government. And may our elected leaders be guided in turn by the spirit of community, by the spirit of justice, and by the spirit of love. And let us all say, Amen.